Welcome to the Just Do It podcast, hosted by Anne Duffy. Dental Entrepreneur Women is here to dive deep and share stories with the mission to inspire, highlight, empower, and connect all women in dentistry. Hello, everyone. It's Anne Duffy, and this is the Just Do It podcast. I'm so glad you're with me today, and I'm really excited because I have this beautiful young do uh, that I found and was introduced to by Holly Mitchell a long time ago, and um, well, not by me, but I, I don't know, gosh, it might even been about a year and a half ago, and she has just lit up my world as she has lit up all of the worlds in our do community. Um, she just, she's just a dynamo, and uh, I, I just love her to death, so I can't wait for us to have this conversation. We, we. I, as usual, we started the conversation before I hit record. So there's just so much yumminess here. So just uh, hang on and uh, hang on for the ride. Let me tell you about her. She is the outgoing CEO and founder of Dismore Consulting and serves the dental community as a new patient acquisition specialist. Born and raised in Long Island, New York, she's no stranger to working in fast-paced environments that desire business growth. While Deneen started her career in dentistry as the marketing director of two practices in Manhattan, she founded her entrepreneurial calling after two career milestones. She was thrilled after nearly doubling the number of new patients in one practice, and then she led the marketing initiatives in another dental group featured on Inc.'s 5,000 list of America's fastest growing companies. She is a dynamo, and please help me welcome Miss Deneen Dismore. Hello, Deneen. Hi. Oh my gosh. Uh, I love our conversation. Thank you so much for having me. And I can talk to you all day long. I, <laughs> I really could. Well, it's funny <laughs> because we were starting this conversation and uh, the reason, well, first of all, we have Deneen on the podcast because her article is in the most recent magazine, the autumn edition of Do, uh, Do Life with Amon Carr on the cover. And she's on, and Deneen's article is on page 10. And of course, if I was, as I was preparing for this podcast, I was rereading her article and, oh my gosh, go back. It's online. Everybody, you got to read it. it. starts on page 10 and it's called year one business lessons and sassy confessions. And it's her first year as an entrepreneur. So Deneen, tell us a little bit about how you started writing this article. You know, you had a few stops along the way. And um, just give us the background because everybody, you know, that they want to write, they'd love to write, but they're not sure. They think they need to be Hemingway. So, you know, give us a little uh, thumbnail sketch of how that all started. It's so true. You think that you have to be the master of the English language. And, you know, it's like, oh, you know, what are my synonyms looking like? What are my adjectives looking like? You know, so writing this article was very intimidating to me because, you know, it's in a magazine, it's, it's kind of like forever or whatever forever means in my brain, yeah. right? And it feels so big to submit anything that's a representation of a self. And then to add a layer to that, this is also what you do for a living. So this is part business, part personal. And the vulnerability of that, putting yourself on display for people to read and get to know you was big for me. <laughs> I made it and it's funny I made it bigger than I think is necessary but I think that's what growth is right yes. you and were very encouraging as you are with everybody it's just amazing how encouraging and how inspiring you can be just by being yourself but you were really instrumental in helping me to put together something that encapsulates my version 
of what it's like to be an entrepreneur in year one of business in this particular endeavor. So hats off to you. I, I wrote this article and, but yeah, I, I definitely had that fear of, <gasps> but I am not a published author of like 10 books. So of course I can't write for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. And see, this is what's so cool about, you know, relationships and, and communicating with, with amazing women in dentistry. So I get the article, everybody. And I'm like, I'm reading, I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. I just loved it. Your personality came through. I laughed. I mean, you just got such a great sense of humor and you can laugh at yourself, which is lovely. And just, and then, and then as we're talking, and this is what's so cool because it was life-changing in a sense, you know, if you just stay on the phone long enough with somebody, you, you actually, or on zoom, cause I love zoom, you actually get to the core and like somewhere way back in your early twenties, somebody said to you, you know, you, you, you're a lousy writer. So like, I want to hear that story for everyone here because yes. you are an amazing writer. And, and also for those, uh, Deneen writes how she talks and this is what we want with do. So Dean, Dean just, just, just tell us about that because that just cracks me up now. Well, totally. Being conversational is, is really important to me. I always wish to get people to know me as a personality. Um, I don't know where I picked that up from because I've been a marketing professional for years. I dabbled in multi-level marketing, which is direct sales and having a presence on social media in particular to get people to understand who you are and your brand and get them to buy into that is something that was always important and always something that lit me up. But yeah, in the beginning of my career, and especially when you were, I was in my 20s at the time, I was very impressionable. Um, I soaked up what everything, everybody, every person had to say about me. And that outward validation seeking was something that I was just in full practice with. So yeah, that's bring it problem on, number bring it one. On. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> problem number one, seeking far too much outward validation from people who genuinely don't matter. But to me, my boss mattered tremendously to me. So I was pulled into a room with this person and I was just torn to shreds New York style. So this person's not playing with me at all. This person told me that I couldn't write, that I need to take a course, that, that the course would not be invested in by that person because I need to have some skin in the game. But in the meantime, essentially I suck and that should be my takeaway of the day. And I went home and I cried. And ever since then, I was like, oh, I'm bad at writing. Not, I had a typo, not I had, because of course the person didn't give me like any genuine meaningful context about what I did wrong. So everything was wrong from that day forward. And eventually I got over it, but that story that I carried with me for so long, that unserving story stayed with me. And as an, <laughs> I mean, I was an adult then, but as a wiser adult who is now no longer in my twenties, I didn't even realize that I was subconsciously storing that insecurity, that feedback, that criticism. Um, and so it prevented me from pursuing opportunities that are fun and exciting and helps, you know, introduce people to me who may not be familiar with me and what I do for a living. So. Well, well I just love the fact that I, you know, I knew you were a little nervous about writing, but we started you off yeah. with a do dish. So that's a pretty easier, that's an easier, you know, assignment, right? You can answer questions as short and short and sweet. This right. reminds me so much though, Deneen, of your courage. You committed to it. And it reminds me also of the four C's that Sarah Cannell said at our retreat. 
you commit first and you would not let me down. I knew that. And I knew that it was hard. This is why we say, get the darn margaritas out, get the machine. You might have to get the machine going, right? Or a hot cup of tea and like put that pen to paper because your article, and I want everyone to read it. And when you read it, everybody give her some love because it's just so well done. And there's takeaways in it. It's it's, it's just, you get to know Deneen as a person and who wouldn't want to work with you. So we're just going to start off like that. So as the new patient acquisition oh. specialist um, and who doesn't need new patients in their practice, not only that, but I want to tell us a little bit about what that is, because to me, it's okay to get a new patient, but that is certainly not the end game of what you do. Correct. Right. So very early on in my career, marketing endeavors across multiple industries, including dental, it's one thing to get the phone to ring, right? Anybody can get the phone to ring, but what kind of person is calling you and what kind of relationship do you establish with them prior to them coming to the office? And then what experience are you going to create with them? What relationship are you going to have with them so that you can keep this person who's new and gave your business a shot, right? So I always... And, and this has just been so true. I've worked in beauty. I've worked in dentistry. I've worked in legal. Marketing isn't just look at me. It's part of it. But it's like, what kind of relationship can we establish in order to continue to working together for years to come or whatever your sales cycle, business cycle is in any relationship? We all know that it's far easier to um, keep a patient than it is to find a new patient. It's And to be honest, it's it's nice. I, I find that my clients are very fulfilled. It's rewarding to see the growth of people that come to you perhaps from an emergency or they're in hygiene and now they're considering cosmetic work, right? Or they're trusting you with their smile, which is so important. And so marketing, right. It's not just, you know, getting people to look and getting people to show up, but what kind of relationship can we establish with them so that they continue to come to your practice and refer their friends and family members and say good things about you online or to whomever they feel so inclined to talk, talk to about what you do or what you've done for them on an emotional level. So that is so, that's so rich because that's what we're really trying to do. I mean, dentists are humans and they really <laughs> want to build up. I, I think they need to think of it as like building a family of clients, a family of patients so that you actually have this relationship. And that's what you help them do. Not only get the butt in the chair, but to keep that butt coming back in the chair and bringing their friends and family and all of those things, because that's what makes a rich, wonderful practice and helps somebody be a leader in their community and a leader in their profession. Um, there's just such a great career there at the the dentist is the lead and you, they need help. They need help on that, that, and uh, the communication, the beginning through, I mean, what, from the first, the first step in the door to the, the last step in the grave, you need your dentist, right? I mean, pretty much. You do. You do. It's so important to have a dentist that not only you trust, but can really get what you need to do done. You know, they have to have a skill set, but but having that trust, having that connection with them, just like the dentist is a human. And sometimes I feel like dentists forget they're, they can be so hard on themselves, right? Because mm -hmm. they don't know what they don't know. They didn't go to school for business. They did. They went to school for their clinical skills, right? You're a human too, but so are the people that are in the chair, right? And they're, you might have a lasting impression. They might talk about you or about their experience far past your 10 minute interaction with them after their routine appointment, right? So what can we do to deepen that? And once you find that you're having this community, this family, whatever you want to call it, I find that it creates a much more positive experience and work culture 
not only for you showing up in your job, you're happy to see this person that's been coming to you for however long, but you're also working with people who know that you've been working with these people for so long. And it's nice to work with people who are excited about the experience, even if they're nervous, even if they're anxious, even if it's an investment for them, it's just always nice for them to, to show up to an environment where that's cultivated, that kind of experience and that vibration. Yeah. And and for the whole team as well. Right. Because yeah. again, you know, it's all start, always starts at the top. So, you know, I just, I just uh, love that, um, that you came up with that brand. First of all, I think that's really cool. And then also, you know, just talking about like when I, when Holly introduced me, you were working with Holly in a practice in New York. And then I think you're out on the West coast, yes. but then, then you came yes. here, you got your, your, your wonderful partner in Zach. And then you have this little darling munchkin, Maddie, and he's he's he if he oh my god is he the cutest how could you ever say no to that kid but you just started decided what made you want to be uh your own boss and start your entrepreneurial journey well you never say never right but i am generally not meant to work in a traditional structured environment but you also have to understand that i came from the time where work from home all of us many of us did work from home was not a thing Right. So I always was trying to make my career, my roles in a structured environment where I had an employer into this job now. But that's not how it works. Organizations have structures and rules and boundaries. And I am meant to run free. I'm a free spirit. And once I get into a rhythm, and I establish a relationship with a person, I will get the job done and I'll do it well. But I find that many times, like many entrepreneurs feel, I want to do it my way. And I want to work on my time and I want to work in my schedules. And I want to know that it's okay to be myself all the way and that it's not going to go against company protocol. So number one, I'm not meant to work for the man full time, but never say never. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. <laughs> but also number two, I found that it was really good <laughs> attracting and getting new patients. So I formed a skill set around dental marketing, but that's for my coach. And I really want to encourage you guys to get some kind of a business mentor, whether it's a group setting or one-on-one. -on -one. I happen to work with Anita Siriani, but it's just like, okay, what do you do? What are you good at? And then how do you brand that in a way that makes sense to other people? I feel like when I say something like I'm a new patient acquisition specialist, it's, a, you know, chew on that for a second, but it translates. You understand that I attract and get new patients, right? Um, that was something that I had to work on too. And since I'm good at attracting and getting new patients and because I'm good at my work ethic's pretty high and I know I'm not meant to work for the man, that's how this career path kind of formed together. And I had the courage to go for it because it could be scary to be an entrepreneur, to give up your benefits and your stability. But I, I went for it and committed and I'm still doing it because I'm good at it and it lights me up and my clients agree. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That, that, that's awesome. So you're, you're on this path now. Well, what is, what was the biggest challenge in your first year? What are some of your biggest challenges? Cause a lot of those that are listening are on the fence. Like should I step out, step out into the uh, entrepreneurial world? Remember, yeah. I had to get over the fact that there's no guarantees in being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. You can have like your projections, you can have all of your relationships, but being flexible and being and anticipating the good while not always being able to see the clear picture was something that I really struggled with in the beginning. I, you know, especially when you go from working in a traditional environment, there's certain things that you can expect on entrepreneur, not so much. Yeah. Um, 
So being able to be flexible and to really lean into your faith and to your courage as you commit was something that was a lot. It's still a daily lifestyle practice for me. Things work out unexpectedly and things don't work out unexpectedly. So getting comfortable and embracing that as part of the process is something that I definitely had to work on um, within myself. But also, you know how they say like you can't build a business based on support from your friends and your family. I thought I was just gonna come into this industry and I have all these contacts, I have all these connections from New York, from the West Coast, and they'll just pay me to do what I do, right? And that was true for like two months. (laughs) (laughs) Rise up fast. Right. And that's, and for those of you, I don't know if you're familiar with the warm market versus the cold market, but a warm market is people that you're very familiar with. And I was leaning very heavily on my warm market. When the truth is the entrepreneurs that last and have some longevity, you have to be comfortable with putting yourself out there and forming relationships with people that you don't know all of the time. Mm -hmm. And so that's another takeaway that I wish that, you know, I would have really embraced and I, and I got there, right. But yeah. it was a process, pretty especially fast. in year one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty fast. Uh, you know, it's funny, you were saying earlier in, in the intro that you were in network marketing. And that's how I got my chops in entrepreneurism. I, I was in a network marketing company for toothpaste and mouth rinse. Of course, that lend, lent itself to dental. But that does help you understand that you the cold calling, pick up the darn phone, how many calls did you make today? Um, those are things that those are good uh, principles to get you where you are now. Now you're doing it all on your own. And that means the back end, the front end, side end, side ends on both sides, right? Um, but I, I think, you know, again, that's that's not a bad, um, you know, uh, uh, beginning ground for entrepreneurism as you as you go forward. I um, I think that, you know, one thing that always strikes me with you is though it you are so positive. And I think one of the things about entrepreneurism that I've noticed, and it's taken me a long time to get there, is the, don't make the highs too high and the lows too low, right? Because I always remember saying, don't end the day with a with a negative call, if you will, because you just, it just kill you that night, right? You're not going to sleep well. You just keep, make, make one more until you can uh, get a little bit more of a lift and we wake up the next day, right? It's, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's truly a roller coaster. Highs and lows really and just enjoy is. the ride. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? It's funny that you say I'm so positive. I, when I went from New York to the West Coast, I knew I needed a break. New York was making me a little bit too hard. I was not positive. Or I, I wasn't as positive as I am now. Because again, number one, still seeking that outward validation. Mm-hmm. Had to get over that and give love to myself first but this is work. And like, I have done and read so many self-development books. It's part of my DNA. I've gone to the conferences. I've heard Michelle Obama speak in person. I've heard, I've done the work with Gabrielle Bernstein. I've had an astrologer. I've had just so much poured into me, therapy, couples counseling, like anything. I have been doing the work on myself And it serves me, you know, you talked about that trickle effect, down effect when it comes to like a work environment, when an employer has good energy and comes in and how it flows to the rest of the team and to his patients. It's the same with me and my business. The work that I do for myself has a trickle down effect on my family because they like being around somebody who's happy and positive and optimistic, even when it's hard. Um, but, But also with my clients, I bring massive amounts of 
all the work that I've done to get to where I am. And I continue to read, well, listen, because I'm a busy person. I have Audible. <laughs> so like the books and I, I, I go to events like the do retreat. I like there's certain non-negotiables that are in my life that I work on because it serves me first. But it also really helps me and, and my surroundings, whether it's a professional or a personal relationship. So I appreciate that. But yeah, this is work, guys. Like, you know, Mel Robbins all day long. <laughs> yeah, it's, not, yeah. It's, it's something that doesn't happen overnight. And that's okay, right? But when you hear that and you, and you, 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 you yearn for that and you take it all in, that is something that you will be giving to your clients that don't, that don't necessarily know about that. I mean, I was 42 when I even knew that that was even a thing. And I realized, wow, you know, I was relying strictly on my, my faith, which that is number one, of course. But then the other things about, you know, you can make a choice. It is up to you. You know, nobody, nobody can make you feel bad except your, you know, except yourself. It's on you. You know, as you take, you can listen to it, but you, you're the one that makes that choice to whether you're going to like live with that lie that somebody said, you know, and you can say, damn it, I am a fabulous writer, you know, look out world, here I come, which, you know, of course, now, you know, um, so I, I love you at the retreat that said, fake it, fake it until you believe it. Yes. Yeah. That is like something that like drives me so much. And also it's a form of manifestation for me. There are certain things that I didn't have in my business, especially early on. And I spoke that into existence. You would never know, like, Ooh, I lost a client or, or not lost a client, but like the client that I thought I was going to work with decided right. not to do that. Just like people, you know, when I had really highs, like I would roll it out and it just felt like, wow, all this stuff is happening, but you have to fake it until you believe it and then act on it. That's another important thing because we can believe all day long, like, you know, Lord, send me the client. But if you're not talking to those potential clients, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, well, you know that too. You say, I, you know, I, I love, I, I remember I would, when I, my, in my networking team was, I had a huge organization and they would be like, I love the lifestyle of being in network marketing. And like, but they had like, you know, two people that bought product. And I'm like, yeah, but you got to do the work. You got to do the work. And that's also where it's nice to know that your strengths, when you, when you find out what you're good at and you realize, oh, I'm an achiever. I am going to get that work done. This is meant for me. I, I, I have everything. And another, you know, Sarah Cannell, I can, and I will. And that you just know that you just get up the next day and you keep doing it again. But if you, and you have, must, yeah, then you must, and you must. <laughs> There's, but if, because also this is another, I'm fine, pulling these things out. If it is to be, it's up to me. And as an entrepreneur, that is very true, right? It is very true. But So but, true. Yeah. Deneen, tell me if you could go back in time and tell yourself something on day one of being a full-time dental entrepreneur woman, what would that be? Stop worrying. I would worry and worry and worry. And this is in my personal life too, but especially in business as an entrepreneur, right? Especially as a woman who has to balance so many things, run the household, you know, raise the kids, form relationships with potential clients, keep your clients on track that are currently with you. It's, it's a lot, brand yourself, put yourself out there on social media. And especially as I was navigating through everything that life was throwing at from at me from grief, you know, losing my father to having to move. I had just had so many <laughs> things to overcome. In my article, I said, you know, when life hits, hits you over the head with a metaphorical block of two by four piece of lumber, I had 
all, I had a whole tree, just like whack me whole tree. It wasn't just too bad for Yes. But, and I, and I worried and I stressed and number one, that didn't feel good. Number two, it didn't lead me to the outcome that I wanted. And because I was just in this funnel of I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm scared. Sometimes I felt like that did translate in my business where some relationships that could have been a lot more fruitful or, or had a lot more flow initially was clouded by my emotional state. And so having faith and confidence instead of worry and, and almost like, like unserving control, there's always this metaphor where it's like, you know, you can hurt, you can hang on, right? For dear life um, with the things that you want, or you can put your hands over and hold them in your hands. And I felt like I was just gripping on for dear life. And all I had to do was put my hands over and just hold the things and hold space for myself without the worry and without the fear. Massive, massive mindset work. Don't worry, was, is my one thing that I would tell myself, even when things look bad, like it was coming. I just had to wait. <laughs> But I'm an activator, so I'm impatient. <laughs> I know, I know. Like, I want it today. I want it right now. Let's do it. Hang the phone up. But, you know, the thing about worry that to me also, it's just such a waste of time. And it's, a, it, you know, I've heard this. It's a lack of faith. And you know your faith is strong. You just have the mindset. You've got to come back and say, I know, I, I'm, I know I'm capable and I'm going to do this. And it's just, it, it, I don't think that that um, mantra will ever come out of, will ever leave my mind. Like, I still get up in the morning and I, and, um, you know, I was telling that somebody, I think this at the retreat, but um, I actually went through a hypnotic uh, hypnosis, hypnotherapy. Did you uh, really? Which, yeah, I did. It was so cool. Um, and that was part of the Thought Leader Academy I'm doing with Sarah, because I'm going to be writing a book and all this stuff. And um, yeah, I know. I'm going to be writing a book and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, hey, listen, <laughs> I'm not a writer. I'm a talker, but they're going to help me. But, the, but one of the things that came through with this, this one particular thing is I, I always, used to, I tell people on the coffee chat, like I lay in bed scared to death, like, okay, oh God, give me the courage and the, and the, the ability and the will to do what's in front of me today. That was what I used to say. And through this whole thing, and I, I you know, listen, anyone who wants to talk to me about it, we'll, we'll have a whole nother thing. I'll have Mackenzie on because she was amazing. Um, I, I came through with it and I just totally changed my mindset. I lay in bed now in the morning and I say, hey, listen. Thank you, God, for the ability, the courage, and the will to get what I need to do done today, right? And it's a total different mindset. And I, I had to catch myself this morning, Deneen, because I knew I have a really busy day. And I'm like, nope, I've got everything it takes. So thank you for that. And I'm just going to get up and do it. And, um, you know, I love that do. I, I Do is so fun because we can just, you know, do. We're just doers. That's what we are. But I think that, it, like, to your point about mindset, it really is so much of who we are, what we do, and what we can really accomplish in this world. I mean, it's just amazing. Just that you, we can't, right. we can't just do it one day. It, it's like, it's like, I don't know, set your time every, every 10 minutes. Every and 10 minutes. every day. <laughs> and exactly. If I don't remember, Siri will tell me. <laughs> yes. Oh, you know, and then we always say, listen, if you, if you can't remember or you're stuck, who do you call? You call me, you call a do, you call somebody that you know. And, and you, you know, the right people to call, right, Janine? And, and, and yes, the people that will, will lift thing. you up. Don't, don't call your family. I had to find, right. I know, but I had to find the people. And that's another thing too. I'm always, um, I love like the do coffee chats that we have. I typically participate on Wednesdays, but I know that there's a Tuesday afternoon one. Um, but yeah, like 
even even just showing up weekly as like my call to action for a week, that's another one of my non-negotiables. I I must surround myself with people who are in the same vein of work. Um, we're all multifaceted, right? So not everybody's a marketing specialist, but we're entrepreneurs in dental who are trying to be better, do better, and achieve whatever it is that that you know we're that we're determined to, we're to grasp. We're, we're destined yeah. to achieve. Yeah, right? right, exactly. And so, but I had to do the work, and I had to find that I had to join an organization, find people that I connected with. And continue to show up and cultivate those relationships with people so that when I do have a hard time, which as an entrepreneur, you are going to have some hard times or growth opportunities, whatever dumb yeah. adjective you want to yeah, yeah. Like, You can say it any way you want. There's moments of struggle. Yes. And having like a community or having like those practices, whether you journal, meditate, yoga, whatever, you're going to need that. So yeah. I could, yeah. So I had to, I had to work and find that, but I, at least I was smart enough to like know who I was and what I was working with <laughs> yeah. and do something about it. Right. Yeah. Because I'm not always confident. I'm not always positive. I don't always have all the answers, but somebody else does. But you know, you you also say yes. And I, I remember when, uh, when, one of the first times that I, you know, we were going to dance by Sarona and I'm like, Hey, you want to come? Cause they were having a, a meetup or, or a party or something like that. An open house. It was. Yes. Open you, house. I, yeah. I put it out to a lot of people, but you showed up and you said yes. And that's another attribute of a smart entrepreneur. And I would say, you know, you, you said it in your article, you know, start, don't stop, but say yes, say yes. If you can say yes, say yes. And we can't do everything because I know that you are a mom with a little darling little boy. And so you, you've got after this first year and wait, I'm not sure how old is Maddie right now? He's two. He's two. Oh golly. He's that's, two. that's so funny. Well, we he's, hope he... he's learning how to count. It's so funny. Oh, I just <laughs> love that little guy. But what, what advice would you have for, for moms that are listening? Because a lot of moms, when they become a mom, they really, you know, I, I'm so glad I, I didn't work full-time for one person like eight to five, nine to five every day and, and miss a lot of stuff. I mean, that's, you know, you kind of put your careers on hold a bit, but the entrepreneurial bug hits you when you have a, when you have kids, because you do want to have a little bit more of your, your control of your time. So what advice would you have for mothers with small children who, who want to start their own business? Well, I'll tell you this. I was, always like this go-getter, this achiever. My life is up to me. I had done such massive work and then I got pregnant and then, oh, whoops, there's COVID outside. So that was like a whole curveball in itself. It was a humbling experience, a lot of self-reflection. And then I thought, okay, I'll just have this baby and I'll get support from friends and family and it will be easy. I'll just like go back into my whole routine. I had no idea that my life was not mine anymore <laughs> or, my, or my schedule, right? Because babies are unpredictable. They have a lot of needs. And I just was, I got this huge reality check that life as I knew it to exist my whole life, because I didn't have my son until I was 30, oh, how old was I? 33? Um, yeah, I was 33. Anyway, I didn't have my son until I was 33. And I, so all this time, especially my adult years, I had a decade of doing things in one particular way. And I was like, that's it. And, you know, I have step munchkins. I have, you know, they're teenagers now, 
And, you know, I got a, I got to be play mom, like, you know, Disneyland mom, where they come over and I just spoil them and then you go back home. Um, but I had really no understanding of what it takes to be a mom full time to an infant. And so my it's a bit, it's a bit life changing, I will say. It's, it's a bit life changing. And you know what? All phases of motherhood have their ups and downs, their challenges. So just because I was struggling with this with as a mom of an infant and now toddler doesn't mean that this doesn't apply to somebody who's got teenagers or somebody who has, you know, children that are in elementary school, right? It is okay to prioritize things that matter the most. And that's, this is what's helped me the most. I have a list of priorities, the things that I want to get done, and I limit it to two. Because the day can be unpredictable, whether you have childcare or not. I opted out of formalized childcare. Like I can hire somebody, but I don't have them in like daycare or anything like that. I structure my day in a way that makes sense. I work in the early morning. I work during nap time if there is one. Okay. <laughs> if there mm-hmm. is one. And I work in the evenings. And I'm okay if I don't get to that nap time hustle. I'm okay with that because the things that I prioritize are the things that get done in the late morning or in the early morning or late night. And mm-hmm. so just having that acceptance of, okay, I have non-negotiable hours to do what I want and I'm flexible and everything, you can figure it out. If you communicate well, that's, that's amazing. And to ask for help. Oh my goodness. I was trying to do it all. And that was a very ghetto and warranted and Oh, highly unrecommended experience trying to do it all. So, you know, you have your priorities, you have your pockets to schedule, but ask for help. And maybe, no, you can't leave your kids somewhere for a week. Or maybe, no, you know, maybe the babysitter will flake out and you don't get to go on your date night. But you'll get a lot more help if you accept that you need it and then ask for it too. And I had to learn how to do that, especially being in an area where my family's not around. I don't know anybody. I'm just seeing what I can do. Um, it's, it's helped me tremendously. And I feel like that's something that achievers, mothers, you need to hear it. You need help. Okay? Yeah. So ask for it. Don't overwhelm your schedule. Have your non-negotiables. We'll be flexible and enjoy it because, you know, especially for me, my son's was small. I would be devastated if I missed certain things in his life. I don't, there's no client, there's no amount of money that can replace my son's first steps. Yeah. It's not <laughs> for me. And everybody's got their thing. That's not like my thing, right? But everybody has their thing. So like really enjoy their moment, the age, because your business will be there. The kids, the munchkins won't. Yes. So, and, and, and also just, yeah. a, you know, you, str- you strategize that. I mean, it, it, it also always comes back to knowing yourself knowing what you want as a woman and asking for what you want, you know, not only Mm -hmm. from yourself, but for others. And I think that is, that is, you know, a humble leader is the best leader you can possibly be. And so it's, it's, it's humbling to know that, you know, we can't do it all, but we can certainly do, um, we can certainly put in some, um, some boundaries, if you will to make the days profitable and looking back on them, I achieved, I achieved something today. And so tomorrow's another day. So I think that's, that's, right. that's all we really want. Right. That's right. And, and look for the joy mm-hmm. and the joy. I had the, we had the grand babe, the grand girls, two and four, um, oh, for a couple of days we were babysitting <laughs> and uh, Tom and I, we were just like, okay, all we want to do 
is keep them alive until their parents come home and we can give them back. So I get it. You just, you know, you've got to, you, Matt, when Maddie's 18, he can go off. Okay. So you only, you only have another 16 years to be respons- totally responsible <laughs> for that little guy. Yeah, but they come back. You know it. They come back. The kids come back. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh my God. The gift, the gift of, of having kids is, is, is really precious. And, um, you know, it's, um, it's been a, it's been a lovely, a lovely ride and we'll, we'll continue that ride until, uh, until we end up, uh, heading, heading up to heaven someday. So anyway, boy, we have really, uh, we've come full circle now I'm going to heaven. And, you know, we started with <laughs> babies being born. Um, right. <laughs> I know I love it. Okay. So we're going to wrap up today and, and, and any parting words to for our listeners today. I would say, you know, the retreat was really impactful, but I would say don't give up on yourself, really tuning to gifts. And before we started recording, I was talking about how this article has not only pushed me to grow, right, because I'm writing and I'm growing more confident and getting rid of that unserving storyline that was imparted onto me and that I kept for a little bit too long, but we're going, we're, we're leaving that behind. But it's opened up some doors for me. Like, you know, I've been hired to write. <laughs> and and so, and I've been, I've been, um, Told I have some meetings scheduled into next year about people who want to collaborate because I was just willing to share. And that's all that writing an article is. You're sharing your experience, your story, something that's meaningful to you. Not necessarily for work, not necessarily for business offers, but it's an introduction. It's the start of a conversation. And being an entrepreneur, we need to have these conversations. So if there was my parting words to anybody, get out of your comfort zone and do something that serves you. Um, it serves you first individually, but perhaps can also, you know, help out your career or whatever your mission is in life to do, whether it translates to a check or not. Um, I, I just love being part of and, and growing and forcing myself to grow. And I, I, I want to encourage everybody to do that. Everybody's got their thing, right? So for me, it was writing an article for the magazine but for somebody else maybe it's a website maybe it's a social media who knows but there's something out there and and I want to encourage you to pursue that and don't give up on yourself that is that's a beautiful yeah we're all special we all have our gifts and um and don't give up on that so Janine I just want to say thank you so much for being here today um giving a little bit of your wisdom your fun um, I always learn something when I'm with you and I can't stop smiling right now. You can't see me if you're listening, but it is the truth. Um, I just want to say as parting, we're going to try to like, you know, uh, listen, plug do a lot of people say, what is do? Well, it is dental entrepreneur woman. If you're a woman and you happen to be in dentistry in any capacity at any time in your life, we are here for you. So check us out at dew.life. We are going to have a early bird uh, up until the end of December for the retreat 2023. It's going to be in October next year, the 25th through the 27th. And um, as parting words to all of you, as you know, keep doing you. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Just Do It podcast hosted by Ann Duffy. To learn more about dental entrepreneur women, to share your story, or to join the movement, please visit our website, do.life. That is D-E-W dot life. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app to make sure you don't miss an episode. And in the meantime, keep doing you.